How's it going, everybody? So it is the next night after I went and saw Spider-Man No Way Home. I have tried probably at least six times to get myself ready to do this review. And every time I get so emotional and, you know, normally I don't mind crying or getting emotional, but I'm just like, no, 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 I can't, I can't, I can't post that. I can't, I like, 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 it's too much. It's too much. It's like, I gotta, I gotta do this again. And it eventually got to the point where I just, I stopped trying. And so that's why it's the next day, the next night, instead of it coming out normally right away. Um, so first off, that's the intro and sort of an apology. Um, but um, however this goes, this is going up on the podcast, you will be hearing this for sure because um, they also today, the final uh, box office records for this weekend was released. And I want to talk about that at the end after the review. Um, but so this is how we're going to do it. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go through every beat when we get into spoilers. Uh, I'm gonna do spoiler-free thoughts, and then I'll warn you, and I'll get into spoilers afterwards. But when we do get into spoilers, I'm not gonna necessarily walk through the entire movie. I'm gonna talk about a few things. You know, I'm gonna talk about the things that I want to talk about, um, the things that really hit me. Um, but I'm not gonna do this walkthrough just because. You know, there's not somebody else here with me to really bounce back. If I had somebody to bounce off of, then I probably would do a, a review where I, I talk more about it um, in that way. But uh, since it's just me, we're, we're going to skim. We're going to skim through it. You know, that's a good way to put it. So spoiler free thoughts. OK. Um, this is going to be really quick because I really just want to get into the sport spoilers of it but for those of you who want my thoughts that haven't gotten a chance to see it yet um the best way I could put it is this isn't just my favorite Spider-Man movie from the MCU this is my definitive favorite Spider-Man movie that's ever been made there is so much heart and depth there is a craft to the way this movie is made that the more I reflect on it, the more I watch other people talk about it, the more I appreciate what was done with this. So, um, don't let this movie be spoiled for you um, as much as you can. Um, but even with that said, you know, I had a lot of the movie spoiled for me because of YouTube and things popping up. But I can tell you, even as somebody who did have some very, very major beats in the movie spoiled, um, it didn't take away from the movie at all. It still hits every beat, all the emotional notes. But just for you, you know, if you can stay away from spoilers until you see it, I, I, I would suggest trying to preserve that uh that 
way of experiencing the movie. Um, as far as rating, 10 out of 10. Um, yeah, I'm going to leave it there. Um, come back after you see the movie. But we're going to get into spoilers now. So the, here's your warning. Um, let's Let's get into the spoilers. Alright, so let's jump in to the spoilers, shall we? Um, <clears throat> so first off, I just want to say, right off the bat, just to cover this part of the movie, both just throughout the entire thing, I think something really beautiful about this movie was the f- the friendships and the love that Peter had with Ned and MJ. Their dynamic their relationship in this movie is is so raw and it's so beautiful and it really is like truly 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 you can tell um that it's not fake you know meaning you can tell that even the act you know the actors like it's not just the characters but you can tell that um, Jacob Bartolone, is that how you say his name? I always mess up his last name, but you can tell that, you know, Jacob and Tom and Zendaya, that they all truly care about each other and love each other. And it just radiates off screen. And I think it, and I think in their chemistry, you know, it, it has come across and, and past in the past movies as well, but it's so palpable when it's something, you know, so emotional, like, you know, um, I just thought it was great. I, just, I really love their dynamic. You know, the end obviously completely broke me. Um, you know, but you know that's 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 the that's the baggage that Spider Man has to deal with. You know, um, you know, and he makes that choice knowing that they are happier. You know, without him, and and that they're safe. Um, so it'll be, it'll be interesting to see whether they ever retcon that, or not, I shouldn't say retcon that, but whether she will ever figure out who he is or something like that, you know, down the road, or if this is their way to give him a different love interest, you know, um, maybe we get Gwen Stacy, you know, um, so that'll be interesting to see. Um, so there's that, I want to talk about that first. Let's go ahead and get the emotional stuff out of the way. Dear God, Marissa Tomei. You know, she is an actress that I have been a fan of for a while. You know, I I have seen her in past movies. Um, I mean, I have seen some of her for of her older work, but but I would I'm not gonna lie. You know, it was 2010's Crazy Stupid Love. And her little part in that as the school teacher, um, that that uh, really g- got me to be a, a fan of her, um, you know. But but you know she's I mean she's been around for ages and and she's so good. But what she does with Aunt May and damn you Kevin Feige and damn you John Watts 
and 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 honestly to a little bit damn you too marissa to to me because you did something that i didn't even realize you were doing until it was until it was happening because you know you don't realize how invested you get because i mean let's i mean let's look you know compared to a captain america or an iron man or even black widow or hawkeye you know aunt may doesn't get a whole lot of screen time she gets more screen time than you know sally fields aunt may did in the amazing spider-man she gets more screen time than rosemary harris and and toby's but in the mcu you know she doesn't even though we get a lot of screen time with her she still doesn't get a, a lot but what's great is you know you realize how attached you get to her when you realize that you're losing her. You know? And that's such a hard moment to think back on because it's so heartbreaking because you completely understand where Peter is at, but you also understand her. And I love that even whether she knows she's about to die or not, I love, she knows she's hurt, you know? Who knows whether she knows she's about to die or not. But if anything, she knows she's hurt. But even in that moment, she takes it to remind him, no, you still did the right thing. You know, don't don't let him make you think differently about the choices you made because you, you did the right thing. And, you know, when she, when she, event, you know, when she finally starts getting lightheaded and she, and she falls over... And, you know, she's laying there and then Peter leans down. The way that Tom plays this scene is all in his face. It's all in his eyes. And it's it's so just heart-wrenching. Um, hats off to both of them on that scene. Because if you can't tell, I'm getting choked up now trying to talk about it. But it was such a beautiful moment. And... Um, yeah, um, that's all I really have to say about that. I just, uh, um, it was just a really beautiful, beautiful scene. And, you know, something I saw somebody say, and I will echo, and another that, that was said in another review is I love how they sort of just sat with that moment, you know? They took their time with it. You could have easily done the whole Aunt May gets killed really quickly it could have been this quick thing where she gets hurt share a couple of lines you know tears are falling but then jk simmons comes in with the police and you know they start shooting him and that's it but they don't they let you sit with it you get a lot of time of just peter's reaction to what's happening and it's just it's it's a death scene done right. It's 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 one of the ways that you can do a death scene that is correct. You know, you take your time and you, and you have these moments, and these characters have earned this moment together. You know, their family. This has been like, you know, a second mother to Peter. You know, you you. It is correct and right to make sure that they have a proper goodbye. And I loved it. It was so beautiful. So beautiful. Okay. All right. That's it. I'm done. Ah, emotions. <laughs> um, 
let's let's kind of go through the villains and we'll talk about that before we get to the stuff everybody wants to talk about even me let's let's talk about the the what i call the lesser villains doesn't mean i enjoyed the any less it just is what it is lizard was interesting um i understand why they didn't do more with the lizard in this i totally get it and what they did i actually think works for the movie personally i would have liked a little bit more you know he wasn't that much of a threat in my opinion he was kind of just there just to be another baddie and i understand that not having him there you only have electro uh, from andrew's universe but i feel like if you just had electro you could have maybe used the time because look i mean if you're gonna calculate all of the screen time that lizard has he has maybe what eight minutes of screen time if that you know between six and eight minutes so it's not a lot but you could have taken those six and eight minutes to really do some more stuff with jimmy fox and electro um and that's sort of how i feel about that i don't it's like again i get it you have a bunch of the you have pretty much all of the toby villains there except for topher and so you know you want you want andrew's villains to be there it's just if you were gonna have him there i would like the movie clocks in about you know what two two hours and 15 minutes or something like that you know you could have easily given us you know 15 more minutes 10 to 15 more minutes um and kind of give us a little bit more with with lizard and a little bit more with electro um i totally get why they didn't i totally get it and like i said i do think it works the way it is i mean i gave the movie a 10 out of 10 i legitimately don't truly have issues with this movie all of this is just you know like well you know they could have done this it's not i don't look at it so much as a negative as much as like i i just as a fan this is what i would have liked to see you know um then you have sandman i love seeing thomas hayden church come back playing sandman like i i'm one of those people that will say over and over again that i wish spider-man 3 had been a sandman solo villain movie um not including harry because they set the harry stuff up in spider-man 2 so you have to conclude that i think you could have easily gone a similar route with the harry stuff in spider-man 3 but but we didn't need harry sandman and venom um and I really wish it would have just been Sandman and Harry. I think you could have easily done that. And it would have been just as good, if not better, a movie, you know. Um, so I love seeing him again. It was great, you know. And, you know, of the, the, the lower two villains, Lizard and Sandman, I really felt like they did Sandman justice. I really, I really, really, really do. Uh, but then we get Electro. Um, and... Look, like, <coughs> sorry, got choked up. I just got done eating supper, and I guess I breathed a piece of food back up. Oh God, Whew, sorry about that, guys. Um, but uh, the one, the one 
thing I will say, I'm like, again, this doesn't, didn't really bother me, but I will agree. I definitely think that this is the case. And you could definitely tell this isn't, this is Electro, but this isn't Electro. This is really just Jamie Foxx because he's making this character really cool, you know? And I was like, look, if you guys listen to my Spider-Man rewatch series, you guys know I love The Amazing Spider-Man 2. I don't give a shit what anybody says. I love that movie. I like it better than the first Amazing Spider-Man. Honestly, I love Jamie Foxx's Electro. What I don't like about it, I don't like Max. I don't like the shit at the beginning of the movie with Jamie Foxx. I don't like that caricature thing. I get that they were trying to do this Edward Nygma Riddler type deal. Didn't work for me. Didn't like it. Didn't work. I loved it once he became Electro. Didn't bother me that it was blue and not yellow. But I liked it. But I know a lot of people hated all of it. And and he didn't really get the love that I think he really deserved for what he did in that movie. So I get it. Coming into this one, you want to switch it up. I'm sure there were talks of, hey, yeah, I'll come back. But this time, we got to make this dope. You know? But I loved his character arc. And I love that he is the one villain that wasn't twisted. He, he was the one true villain in the movie. You know, all, all the rest of them, you know, are, are kind of tragedies. You know, well, except for Dr. Connors, you know. He just wants to turn everybody into lizards. Like, he's pretty villainous too. But, you know, when it comes to Goblin and Dr. Octopus, Doc Ock and, and Sandman, they're all tragedies, you know, they're not really bad people, and I love that, you know, Electro stayed true to his nature, that, no, he liked the power, and he liked the way that felt, um, so it was great, I love what they did, um, now let's talk about my personal favorite Spider-Man villain, you guys, again, you guys know this if you've been listening for a while, Doc Ock, man, Jesus, I, it felt like Alfred Molina just starred in Spider-Man 2, like, maybe two or four, two, two to four years ago. It was like he just stepped right back into the role. It was amazing. Like, seeing him to come back and play this character, especially with, like, the new, like, new CGI. Because, you know, back then, when they did Spider-Man 2, his tentacles were real, and they were puppets, and so he didn't really have the mobility that he's able to have now. So just seeing him be able to be more free, I think allowed him to... I mean, honestly, I could argue that I think he played Doc Ock better here than he did in Spider-Man 2. And that is not knocking anything he did in Spider-Man 2. But I'm just saying, he just seemed like it was just so easy for him to step back into it. And I love what they did with his character. You know, they didn't change him. You know, I love that scene. I absolutely love that scene when Peter makes the new chip and he, he sticks it in and then you know he's like the voices they're gone it's it's, it's been so long I've, I forgot what it's you know what it's been like without them he's like like thank you thank you my boy thank you it's like how can I help you know because that's the auto we that's the auto that he is he's a good person he's a good dude you know and I loved it it was just so great, I mean, and, but man, even him as a villain, even when he is insane and being taken over by the AI, dude, that highway scene, his intro, dear God, that was like, and (laughs) 
they do show like 60 to 70 percent of that fight in the trailers like there might there's like a few little places that haven't shown up in the trailers but the vast majority of the fight is in the trailer so if you've seen that you've seen the doc ock fight if you've seen the trailers um jesus christ so good so good such a great intro yeah i love that he came back and he's the one to save the spider-man and also he's the one to heal electro i just i love that moment it was just super super great super super great but look doc Ock might have been my favorite as far as the returning villains because i just have sentimental you know feelings and emotions about doc ock he's my favorite spider-man villain all that kind of jazz but look let's be real here we all know who show this is all right i ain't gonna take it away from him now i ain't gonna be that guy i ain't gonna be that guy this is willem dafoe show this this is this is his movie bro when it comes to the villains it is all about green goblin and it is all about what Willem Dafoe has done, is doing. Holy shit. Um, I am legitimately, like, my, my jaw is dropped. I am just, I am lost for words with what he did in this movie. I can't, I just, I, I still, even a day later thinking about it, I, it, I can't believe that he pulled off the performance that he... I mean, and I should have known, you know? I mean, I should have known. The guy is amazing. I mean, I've been I've been following his career ever since seeing the original Spider-Man, you know? I love him as an actor. You know, I'm a huge fan of Boondock Saints. I love what he did there, you know? I've been... I love other movies that he's been in. Jesus. Let me tell you, though. And I love that they tweaked his personality a little bit when it comes to Goblin because you know it is the same that he did in Raimi's in the original but it's different it's sin- it's more sinister and dark and you're able to do that because we're in the MCU and we're not in the Raimi-verse and it works so well and the one scene that I have to talk about, that I'm not going to skip over this, is the lead up to Aunt May dying. That scene when Peter's spidey sense is going off and he's walking around and he knows something is up, but he can't figure out what it is. And he keeps walking around and then he just stops for a second and he trusts himself and he shoots Norman's and he shoots Norman. And you hear that goblin laugh. <laughs> so, so good. Just thinking about it is giving me chills. And that speech goblin gives. Oh, man. But let me tell you, I think, you know, I love the end battle in the scene. And as far as, like, final sequences for a movie, I do think this rivals a lot of other superhero movies. You know? I don't know if it comes out on top. Because there's some really badass... Even just in the MCU alone, there are some great final battle sequences. But it definitely rivals them. But let me tell you, as far as brutality... Holy shit. That scene... Fighting in the, the condo... Is 
brutal. It is bloodthirsty and violent. And I loved every bit of it. That scene where Peter is just punching him in the face over and over. And he's just cackling and laughing and smiling back at him. Just, oh my God. Just It's just so like, like, oh my gosh. Just everybody in this movie gave their A game. But Willem Dafoe, you know, he's the one person that I think really knew exactly what he was doing. You know? I really do. And that's no offense to Alfred Molina. Hey, again, you're my favorite part of all the people that got brought back. So, look, this isn't, this, you know, this isn't me saying anything like that. But look, Defoe, bro, like, he's the one that I think really understood what he had to do for this whole thing to really work. Because he is the antithesis to... Peter's situation from this moment going forward, from the second he kills Aunt May, he is Peter's rival. You know? And I love it. At the end, skipping skipping ahead a bit, when Peter's come down there and he's and he says something online and says, What are you gonna do? You know, you come you come here to save me? And Peter's like, No, I'm here to kill you. And he, and he just goes, That a boy. It's like, I love it. That a boy. That the way he says it is so great. And oh, again, and then you get another little great brutal fights in between them. It's just so good. So good. So good. But okay. All right. I've talked about everything else I want to talk about. So naturally, what do I got to end with? What do I got to end with? You guys know? You guys know? Bro. When, <laughs> when the portal shows up, when Ned does his does the sling ring and the portal shows up and the figure is standing there chills just chills knew exactly right away exactly right away and he comes running in he takes that mask off and it's fucking Andrew Garfield bro dude the theater I was in we we cheered and hollered and that's one thing I want to say let me pause for a second and say let me tell you not since Endgame have I gone into a movie theater and had this kind of an experience. Not a single seat was empty in the theater. And everyone laughed, cried, cheered, and hollered in this movie. And it made it that much more fun. And when the credits rolled, everybody cheered. Everybody cheered when the credits began to roll. And, it, you know, not to get off track... But I do just want to take a moment to say that this is why I am a classic movie guy and why I said there is a place for the theater. I understand that so many people these days prefer streaming and they like things digital and whatnot. But there is something about being in a theater with a bunch of strangers, with a bunch of people you don't even know, but to enjoy a a, a common thing. Because we're all here because we love the MCU and because we love Spider-Man. You know, and we're here to have a good time. There's just something beautiful about it, and just lovely and wonderful about it. And I, I can't wait to go see this again. You know, I just I, I can't wait. Um, but I had to say that I had a really good theater, really really good theater experience. Um, but 
the second Andrew comes in, man, you just you just know, and he takes the, he takes his mask off, and the, the the interaction between MJ and Ned is is so funny. She's throwing the bread at him and everything, and then of course, like okay, okay, well he's not the real Peter, so I guess we just gotta keep trying until Peter comes through. I mean that that was funny in itself. So you know he does it again, doesn't quite work, but then he, you know Ned does it again, and there he is, Toby. There and there he is, Toby. Toby walks through. We got Toby and Andrew. It happened. It happened. They're here. Jesus Christ. Like, ugh. But you know what it did? That's not fair. Is it also made me really want a Spider-Man 4. And it really made me want an Amazing Spider-Man 3. More an Amazing Spider-Man 3 than Spider-Man 4. But man, I would love closure for both of these characters. And look, I think that's kind of what this movie is supposed to be. I think it's supposed to be that closure for these characters. But look, I'm a glutton. Give me more. I'm like a I'm like a druggie with a bunch of cocaine on my nose or something, you know? It's like it's like, where is it? Where is it? Give me more. It's not enough. It's like I need another hit. I need another hit. Damn it was good, bro. There was nothing like seeing these three actors together. That scene where they're introduced to Tom, they're talking about the losses they all they all felt. It was just wonderful seeing them work in the lab, having their conversations, but also the scene between Andrew and Toby, where you know he's cracking his back and you know they're having that conversation together. I mean, it was just great. Or then mid battle when they're not working together, it's like, oh, this isn't this isn't working. It's like, yeah, it's like we've never been on a team before. It's like, I have, as I, you know, Tom, you know, Tom's Peter's like, I have, I, I've been in the Avengers, and <laughs> Toby's like, great, what's that? <laughs> Is a, you in a band? It's like, it's like, it's like, it's like, no, no, no. It's like, oh, and I love even just the whole like Peter one, Peter two. It's like, yeah, Peter three. You know, it's like Andrew Garfield's response I mean, it was just so great, and then of course. Andrew's Peter getting to save MJ, redeeming himself from what happened in Amazing Spider-Man 2. I mean, that got me emotional. Just, ugh. That's why this movie is perfect. You know, and it's like, and to sort of make a side comment, it's like, is there such thing as a truly perfect movie? No. I don't think so. I don't think there is. I think perfection is in the eye of the beholder. I mean, I, I really do. So, you know, because you're always going to find little things like, up, you know, up that up the, the camera guy, this, this, this foot's in the, in the shot, you know? Or even stuff like, you know, like a shadow, like <laughs> one of the famous movies ever. And it's one of the most hilarious things. And even with all the digital stuff you could do now, they have left it in the movie. They haven't removed it. It's when Indy and... Marion are escaping after being thrown in the snake pit when they're climbing through and he's pushing the the brick through when he pushes it through look at the bottom of the screen if you've never noticed this before because you it's 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 foam it's not a real brick because the thing the thing bounces back up and it's hysterical it's hysterical but I love things like that so it's like well are you going to tell me that Raiders of the Lost Ark is not an eight or a nine movie or a 10 out of 10 movie no I, I, I'm okay with movie mistakes if things happen there's no such thing as perfection it's how it it's how it hit it's how everything comes together it's the it's the it's the minutiae of it all it's how it all works together 
And I don't understand how anyone can come out of No Way Home saying that this isn't a perfect movie to, to balance all of the different plates on sticks that they balance with this. Not only is this the end game to Holland's Spider-Man story this far, but it's the end game to Spider-Man period so far. Toby and Andrew Spider-Man as well. How can you not come out of this just just loving to pieces this? I mean, obviously movies are subjective, and so I know that there are people coming out disappointed. But I don't get it. I personally, I don't get it. Because it's probably been since Endgame that I have been, well, no, Tick, Tick, Boom moved me this way. Different reasons. But as far as a superhero movie... Endgame was probably the last movie that moved me in this level. Like, I love Shang-Chi. And before this, Shang-Chi was my favorite MCU movie. Because it just hit all the right beats for me. But man, this... This doesn't just speak to me, the adult that I am now. But this speaks to me, Brian, that was a kid. The, the kid that grew up with Toby Spider-Man, you know? Like, this movie just hits me in a way that... I haven't had a movie hit me in ages. And, you know, and it's, and it's and it, you know, some people might snicker when I say this or laugh, and, and, and I kind of do too, but it's like, look, ever since creating my Letterboxd account, because I, letter, I have a Letterboxd account, for those of you that might not know, the four favorite movies that I have up on my profile for the longest time have been It Chapter One, uh... Pirates of the Caribbean, Call Me By Your Name, and Inception. Because those are the movies I really felt like represented me and my personality and the kind of movies I like. Because that's kind of what I want to do. When somebody goes to my profile and they kind of want to get who I am and gauge my favorite movies, I try to pick movies that kind of gauge that. I took off Inception. I don't have a Nolan movie up there anymore. And Nolan's my favorite director. I totally replaced it with No Way Home. Now it's It... Pirates, Call Me By Your Name, and Spider-Man No Way Home. And I have no regrets. Because this movie, for me, did everything that I needed it to do. On every level. It hit me emotionally, to the point where I'm still emotional over it when I try to talk about it. You know? And that is a truly beautiful thing. Because not a lot of movies do that. And they try. There's a lot of movies that try. They just don't get it. They don't, they don't, they don't hit the mark. But this one did. And before I go on to the conclusion and the last thing I want to talk about, I gotta say, I gotta say, I gotta talk about director John Watts for just a second. And I'm probably gonna get emotional just a little bit so bear with me while I try to swallow uh, my feelings let me tell you I had never seen any of his movies prior to him doing Homecoming never heard of the guy before I want to go back and watch his other movies now Um, for sure but he came out he came out once and he did Homecoming and instantly it became my favorite Spider-Man movie. Because, number one, when I saw interviews with him and with Tom, 
at the time and everybody that was working on the movie and they talked about how they were really trying to emulate that John Hughes type vibe well anyone that knows me knows I'm a huge Hughes fan like Breakfast Club and Ferris Bueller are two of my favorite I mean Uncle Buck I grew up on Uncle Buck I love those movies and that was the one thing that I loved about Homecoming was it had that really down-to-earth 80s John Hughes movie type feel. And it was perfect. And instantly I went, okay, this guy's on my radar now as a director. Holy shit. And it made me that much more excited for whatever came next. You know? And then Far, Far, Far From Home came out. And he took a villain that I never thought we would see on screen as a Spider-Man villain. Because I thought he would be way too out there for anyone to try to do but he casted a dude like Jake Gyllenhaal and they did Mysterio but not only did they do Mysterio they did him right and they did him incredibly well but they gave us this great story with Tom about dealing with love and the loss of Tony Stark and coming into his own I love that it was like the vacation to this universe and he directed the hell out of it like the, the the scenes the cinematography the camera angles the acting the, the, the music everything about it I was like yeah this guy knows exactly what he's doing and going into this movie I was super excited to see how he was going to conclude it but it also got me excited for Fantastic Four which I'll come back to but let me tell you, this dude even took it further with this movie. It is incredible and amazing for me to be able to say this director, who started out as this indie director, and this is why don't you ever doubt an independent filmmaker. Is that saying that every independent filmmaker can do what John Watts has done? No. But don't doubt an independent filmmaker just because they're an indie filmmaker because you take a dude like John Watts and he has easily grown film after film after film with doing this franchise and his No Way Home film is the best it's the best the the action sequences the small tender moments the building up moments the setups. He, he just... He knocked it out of the park. And I... And going back to Fantastic Four... After seeing this movie... I'm like, yeah. Yeah, I'm glad he's not leaving the MCU, man. I'm glad he's still around. I'm, I can't wait to see what he does... With... Uh, with Fantastic Four. So, look. I doubt that Mr. Watts will ever hear this but look hats off to you man cause holy shit thank you thank you for giving all of us fans an amazing Spider-Man trilogy and I gotta say look I'm gonna say it I don't know that they've announced who's gonna direct the next Spider-Man movie when it comes out let me tell you you got a tall order to follow after what Watts just did holy shit But look, here's the other thing I will say, though. Look, 
whatever director comes next, you fail, it's on you because Watts set you up perfectly. You have a virtual clean slate. You know, there's a few things that you got to carry over, but virtually you have a clean slate. So you fuck this up. This is on you, bro. Because damn, I would not want to be the director that follows up No Way Home. Are you kidding me? Hell no. Hell no. Um, yeah. So, that's that's really the last thing I want to say. Um, but as far as far as concluding this review, I had I had to talk about this. I have to talk about this because I feel like I would be remiss if I didn't. Um, you know, I, I mentioned it up at top, I believe, I think, or it could have been, or it could have been a uh, a throwaway clip that I'm not using. But um, early today, before I was even awake, uh, the box office for this weekend came in for Spider-Man No Way Home. And this is really hard to talk about. I'm getting emotional even talking about something as simple as box office. Holy crap. Uh, The box office came in. And here's the thing. You know, nobody really kind of knew how much money this movie was going to do, you know? Um, Once ticket sales were online and people were buying tickets, you know, that's when I really, where I really, where I really considered that the guessing kind of started, the real guesswork, because I don't count anything before that because it's like, well, I mean, tickets aren't even sold yet, you know? I mean, who knows how much this is going to make, but... With ticket sales and everything, a lot of people were estimating, you know, 175 mil. You know, maybe some were a little bit lower, 140. Some did say 200 mil. But everyone was wondering what this... Could this possibly be, you know, 250? Doubt that it would be in-game. Because that is a... That is a feat on its own. And it's going to be a long time before anything beats in-game, if ever. Um... But, you know, will it will it beat the 250 mark? And guys, um, this thing clocked in at 260 million dollars this weekend. Not only did it do it, it well surpassed it by 10 million dollars and this is what I want to talk about and this is why I was getting emotional it wasn't just because of the money but it's like I mean let's not be coy because I don't mind talking about this on my podcast look we are we are in the midst of Omnicron and and possibly possibly going on shutdown again or at least going in a period where we're going to be expecting wearing masks again at everything or we're going to have to be more careful But everybody came out to see this movie. Knowing full well that they would probably be putting, you know, their lives at risk. But that was how important this movie is. And I know a lot of people think that that may be childish or, you know, immature. That the safer thing would be to stay home and things like that. But but here's the thing. This tells you... 
how much how magical the movie going experience is and how much but more importantly how important spider-man is as a character to people you know because look and i'm in agreement with a lot of critics and people that have said this as much you know because tom holland came out and said in an interview that the original goal for the marketing was they were going to market this movie as a spider-man versus doctor strange movie and the intent was to keep all of the villains a secret and so it would be this huge surprise when people go and see the movie and it's like oh my god there's doc oh my god that's alfred Molina's doc ock and holy shit it's green goblin you know i mean can you imagine but let me tell you because i'm in agreement with people that are saying this like as cool as that would have been dude i would have lost my shit are you kidding me i like no literally i'm not even just using that as an expression i probably would have shit myself if i had no idea going into this movie that i was going to get all these villains and i'm sitting there and i get doc ock and i get green goblin i get electro and sandman and lizard and holy fuck we get toby Maguire and andrew garfield back are you kidding me that would have been the dopest thing ever but I also want to point out this: if we didn't get the trailers we got, I don't think this movie makes two six. I don't think this movie makes two sixty. I don't think so. I think it's the love of these characters and the love of these universes, and I think just a widespread like, what the fuck is going on? It's like, okay, we know this is the MCU, but Alfred Molina, Willem Dafoe, how? How? You know. And I think it's that collective WTF that made everybody come see this movie to find out how this all plays together. And it was this this beautiful thing. And let me tell you, here's the thing that I want to end on. Because look, because I talked about this initially in my original review. And so I want to mention it here as well. Because all through the trailers... There was still one empty seat right beside me. Every other seat was full except whoever seat it was that was beside me was still empty. And so I was waiting the entire time. You know, what motherfucker is going to come sit next to me, you know? Like, holy cow, you know? Clock is ticking, bro. You know? And then finally, right as the Marvel Studios logo is coming in, here comes a dude walking in and comes... And he sits down. I say that to say... Nicest dude in the world. I don't know this dude ever. Never met him before. Don't know his name. Didn't exchange names. But he was a blast to sit next to. Because after the movie got over... And the credits started rolling... We 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 got talking about the MCU... And what we like and dislike. How we felt about the movie. He pointed out some things to me that I didn't notice. Which was cool. Lots of different things like that. Just had a blast. It was just fun. And that's and that's the thing, you know? Like, that is the beauty of entertainment and movies and, and culture that I don't think a lot of people really get or understand. And why people like me are huge defenders of it is because this brings us together, man. Like, like I don't... I, like, I do mean it in the literal sense, what I'm about to say, but I also mean it in context of what 
I'm talking about right now, but it's like, look, I've gotten more out of some of the movies that I've watched than I have anything that I got going to church my whole life or from a pastor. You know what I mean? It's like, because these movies speak to you, like they have something to say and they, they resonate. They're real. They have more morals and, and, you know, when you, when you find those things that, that connect with people, people go out for it. So the last thing I will say is to anyone who wants to get into movie making, or if there's anyone at a studio that might ever hear this, look, let Spider-Man No Way Home be proof of, look, don't just do cash grabs. And don't just do shit because you think it's cool. Do it well. Do it well. Look at what John Watts and the MCU has done for three movies now. And look at the payoff that we got as fans because of this. Look at the work that was put in to this movie. This is one of those movies that I know for a fact that I could I could I could watch this movie three or four times and still pick up things that I missed the previous time. I'm probably it's probably gonna take me a good twenty times watching this movie before I truly pick up everything because there's a lot of moments where everything is happening fast and you could you you just know there are things in the background. You just know. That's what makes a great movie great. So if you're going into filmmaking, put in the work and make a good movie. Because if you put in the work and make a good movie and you market it correctly, you get $260 million. Well earned. So, go see Spider-Man. Somehow you've listened to this and you haven't seen it. I don't know why you would let things be spoiled for you. But, hey, tomato, tomato. Thanks for listening. And I will see you guys in the next podcast. Peace out.